This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hi, my name is Chantal Newman and I'm on the Big Scuba Podcast. What an exciting time. I just wanted to let you know my little bit of background. So I'm Dan Europe's um, area manager for the UK and Ireland. And also I'm the DMT instructor for Dan Europe. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's the start. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Scooper podcast. We are your hosts, Gemma and Ian. Before we get cracking with today's episode, we just want to make sure you have hit that follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you're going to hear today, we would really appreciate it if you can leave a review and a five-star rating. So now that's out of the way, we just want to say welcome and thank you for all tuning in. And now it's time to dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Big School Podcast. My name's Ian. I am one of your co-hosts. And with me by the power of Zoom is... Hello, Gemma. I'm the other co-host. Yes. Um, welcome back. And thanks for downloading this episode. Uh, we are talking remotely today because I'm just back from diving all the weekend at Stony Cove. Yeah, you've been busy. And you've been paddleboarding and seeing parents. And yeah, I've had a busy weekend living, as living well. Living up in good old sunny Norfolk. <laughs> yes. Um, so we've got another guest for you. Uh, we've got Chantal Newman, who we got talking to at the Go Diving Show. Yeah, we sat down with her and she spoke about the Women Divers Hall of Fame and Dan yeah. Rick as well. Yeah, so uh, uh, quite a few of you, I'm sure, in tech divers and what have you, will know of, uh, Chantal from uh, her diving exploits and um, also from Dan Europe as well. Yeah, yeah, no, she was a, a great guest and uh, yeah, listen to the podcast and uh, it's quite a good one. It is. But before we get to Chantel, um, so I've been away, as we said, with uh, Crystal Sea Scuba and I've uh, been doing my dive mastery this weekend. So I want to say uh, it's been a really busy weekend, really good uh, fun, a lot of hard work. And uh, mm-hmm. say hello to everybody, the whole dive team of Crystal Sea Scuba based in Norwich. And uh, we had a Great weekend and hello to all the students who uh, well done on passing your uh, courses. They all qualified for their open water? Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, all done really, really well. You know, uh, let's think back to our open waters. They're not the easiest of things. Visibility uh, started off really well, but, you know, with several dive groups um, all learning on the shelf, you know, the visibility soon get, you know, Turned mm. up, didn't it? so uh, yeah, yeah, it was really good, and uh, lots of lots of swimmers there as well. It must have been a, like today, probably a good oh, 30, 40 people uh, open water swimming. Were they well. in their wetsuits or no? Yeah, no. Somewhere, <laughs> wow. somewhere, uh, somewhere, and somewhere, you know. Um, but you know, well done to them because yeah. although fifteen degrees the water temperature was, um, still not like. Know, that warm. No. But, but then you know if you swim then that's that, you know, that, Well you do get warm swimming, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um but diving wise, so we got you know everyone got through the courses um and uh, you know skills and what have you mm. and uh, everyone passed which is 
really good. And we've got some new listeners as well, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, so they're, you know, some, they're going to, uh, and some listeners actually come and said hello as well. They made themselves and uh, wanted to know about the car. And uh, I said, why are you in a wetsuit? I said, well, because it's warm. Why, why not? Why do you not be able to, in, um, I was in my uh, 03 semi drive. Yeah. And uh, oh, I was toasty. If I'd been going deep, then yeah, maybe I'd put the dry suit on. But, you know, I'm bobbing about either on the surface or, you know, down at six metres or something like that. Today, we got down to the uh, dizzy depths of about 11 metres, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 11 metres. Um, we, we have a, uh, one of the lads was on my course. Um, he was uh, 15, so the max depth we can go to is 12. Um, and he's now got his certificate, so he can go to go diving with you know, another buddy um, up to those depths. Mm. So good. Yeah, that's really cool for him. Yeah, no, very um, good. Yeah, really good. I need to do some shout outs actually, um, just very quickly before we move on to uh, the Ford Mustang Mackie. Um, there's a few people raised some questions about that. Um, so I want to say hello to Alec. Uh, James at Sunto and Simon and also Justin Hanning at Liquid Sports. Now, got introduced to them uh, today. They had a stand this weekend at Stony Cove and uh, I was given a D5 to try in the water today Mm -hmm. in two dives. And lovely, really nice dive computer. Um, And, you know, Sunto, well known you know, we use them in school and uh, really good, good dive computers. But, I mean, we've had Jill Heineth on as well, haven't we? Yes. He's talked about Sinto and uh, uh, makes some really good dive computers. And uh, this is really nice. I want one that light up. I've got a, um, a D4, Novo D4, and you have to push buttons for it to light up. It's an old one. You know, it still works all fine, but I want to one that lights up. So uh, and that, that was really good. Mm-hmm. All the, you know, let you know where you're at with your dive and what have you so uh, but thanks for them uh to let me use that today no but that's good yeah uh also say hello to o3 for the semi-dry suit as always another you know i was absolutely toasty um you know if you listen to this you haven't got to be in a dry suit in the summer in the uk it's fine unless you go deep yeah of course but you know if you're always going to be doing shore dives and you know, let's say half a dozen meters, maybe 10 meters, so up to something up to 30 foot. Um, it'll be more than toasting warm mm. in the uh, semi dry and with the, uh, the little thin base layer as well that O3 do. Um, so give them a look as well. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so, should we talk about the car? Now, Ford, we want to do a test uh, this weekend. And uh, we're going to do another one probably next weekend as well. Never had an electric car. We had the Cougar hybrid, didn't we? Yes, yeah, and that was good. Let's face it, you know, uh, even with divers, the the cost of fuel, you know, makes an effect, you know, makes a whole, you know, if you've got to travel far, you know, is that cost in diesel or petrol or adds to the cost of diving? And we're all thinking about cutting costs, aren't we? You know, and... uh, does electric vehicles do do they work really work for the whole diving? 
and I wanted to test it out. So we asked Ford whether we could use one of their 100% um, electric cars. So they've given us the uh, Mustang Mach-E. This one is a 68 kilowatt car. There's mm -hmm. another option of an 88 kilowatt car. And I thought, right, let's try it, see how it got on. I've got to go to from Bungie to Stone Cove to do the dive in the weekend for uh, the dive master stuff. Um, it's going to be a round trip of about 350 miles. It's about 140 miles to uh, Stony Cove from here. The range on the car is about 220 tops. And it's going to be close. And one of the things that we were looking at, wasn't it, was how accurate are those figures going to be? You know, and I got there um, in the car, all the gear loaded up. Uh, so it's quite a bit of weight, I guess, in the car. Mm. And good news is I did get that. Yeah, and you did. I had to charge, uh, give it a good charge this morning. Um, I went and got that charge at the services. And that cost me £40 to get that to virtually, I think, from about 10%, I think I got down to. Um, and then up to 80%. That cost me about £40 to do that. And then on the way home, I had to stop at Thetford to get a top up so I could actually get home as well. Mm. Okay, because I'm starting with, on, yes, on Saturday, I started with 100% because I charged but it overnight. This morning home. you started with 80 80%. And then I had to go to, from Lutterworth to Stony back, all right? And that's why I need top up. So it cost me so far about £58 to do that trip. But I've put it on charge again tonight. So there's going to be another charge go on top of that, which I think estimates could be about another £30. So in total, it's cost me to drive, let's say, from Bungie to Stony Cove, a total of about, let's say, about £80. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if I took my diesel car, it probably would have cost me about a hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, and it's working out at the moment with the electric about um, where, where was it? It's about twenty six pence a mile mm. on electric compared to diesel. At the moment, it's about 40 pence a mile. Yeah, so it's definitely yeah. a saving. Mm. It's definitely the only thing I, I would say so far, which as a there's two drawbacks with using electric vehicles for diving. Because the manufacturers, and it's not just Ford, um, are trying to save weight, some of the like the where you put all your gear is I don't think it's all that strong because mm. it's it's all lightweight. You know, so if you're going to be using it long term, you can I think about, you know, do I really need to put a stronger board down to put all the heavy weights and cylinders on? Right. You okay. could quite easily go through it. All right. Where, where the, basically, when you're in the boot area, you've got a board, well, that yes, lifts up, yeah. you know, and that's going to probably want the strength in it. Um, but the main issue I've got, the main issue I've got is with the charging. It's hard to find places. It's a nightmare. You know, it's uh, really difficult. I found it, I must have gone to five places on the way home tonight uh, to get the car charged. And the, the, the 
charging points are either broken, out of service, mm. uh, not compatible when the apps say that they are. And that's and really stressful, I think. It is, you know, and you think, oh, flip, you're using my, your remaining mileage and somebody else rocked up next to me and one of them and they had the same problems. She said to me, this is the future. And I'm, oh, yeah, it is a little <laughs> bit, you know. So, um, you know, and this, the Mustang Mackey is in red and that is a beautiful, stunning looking car. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure to drive, um, you know, and it handles well, it goes like a storm, absolutely great. But the whole network side of things, that's really testing. Mm. Um, and I think that definitely needs work. So if you were doing short journeys and you could just charge it at home, fab, but when you've got to find somewhere not yeah. in your location, it's a bit tough. And I tell you, this is how it could also affect your diving, is potentially if you've got to be out of the water by a certain point, mm. okay, you're going to think, right, okay, I will be home by a certain, I will use the full day to go diving, get three dives in, okay? Well, I could have been home at least an hour, hour and a half early yeah. tonight yeah. if I took my diesel car. And it's no fault of the, the Mackie, no fault of that car at all. That's the network. The network is just not, not good and not in the right shape where you can say, yeah, I can rock up there and plug in and there'll be no problems. Yeah, and from an outsider looking in, there are lots of apps that you can go on, but all you need is one app, basically. Yeah. It gives you the right that information. Works. Yeah, so it's been problematic. Um, and that's no, again, no reflection on that car at all, but it's been problematic because of the network, what's available to mm. go then go find it, and you've got to go find them. You know, they're not as easy to find as a petrol station. No, but, you know, on the app, I went to one place called uh, Thetford Supercharger, and the app said it was a political flat car. I rock up, and it's just Teslas. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And, you know, the Tesla crew go, what's he doing here? He ain't got a Tesla. You know? And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was no good. Um, so there'll be more on this, and I'll be put, putting some sharing and stuff, because I did have people come up to me and ask me about the car t- today and wanting to know you know how is it how does it drive and things like that you know with the cost of living we're all thinking about you know how can we save some money mm. you know diesel at the minute now is up over two pounds a litre we don't know where that's going to start no, so no. We're, we're raising questions how can i how can i save money so i can carry on diving you know we we love our kit don't we so we don't want to spend all this money on diesel and that's all gone we want to save money so we can buy dive kit exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's all money at the end of the day. It is. All right. So um, I know we talk about cars sometimes, but there, there is a reason, a method in our madness. Because, well, yeah, it's we've got to get to a dive site. Yeah. yeah. And it's all about the environment and conserving what we've got. And, you know, it's yeah. using electric cars is the thing of the future, but it's got to be uh, easy. Yeah. There is obviously other electric vehicles out there, um, not denying that. But um, if you want to be different, have a look at the Ford Mustang Mach-E. Um, yeah, and there's two car. options, 68 kilowatt uh, is the one that we're currently using. Uh, and that is absolutely brilliant, you know, 
Uh, I think the 88 kilowatt one gives you a range of about 350 miles. Mm. So you could, like, if we're going to do Swanage next weekend, potentially, you know, if we from here, we all go to Portland for a dive, a couple of dives. Yeah. We've got a factory in a four hour drive. We've also got to then stop somewhere. Charge. Charge before we even get to the dive site. So that's five hours. Then that's potentially going to stop us either doing a second dive. So we might end up just doing one dive, mm. potentially on how long it took me. You know, it took me an hour and a half to find somebody to charge the car tonight. Yeah. Then we got that on the way home. That's 10 hours to do what maybe one dive. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. It's a lot. And this is the future. Mm. You know, so yeah. Uh, be interesting. Watch this space. We'll be we'll be sharing about that as well. So uh, as time goes on. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough for me running on. Um, just you know, uh, hope that all that will help somebody somewhere who's now thinking about buying a car. Yeah, and just keep an eye on our social media because we'll be posting about it over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, let's get our guest on, you? Yeah, so our guest is Chantelle Newman, and she is part of the Dan Network. Excellent. Great. So welcome to the Big Scoop podcast. So it's lovely hey. to have you. So we've met previously at the Go Diving show back at the beginning of March. Um, this is 2022. And uh, yeah, so we invited you onto the Big Scoop podcast to talk about all things diving and kind of from the medical side as well. Yeah, well, thank you very, very much for having me on here. Um, it's uh, probably the first time I've ever done a podcast. Um, so hopefully it's uh, going to go <laughs> quite well. Um, you'll probably end up laughing at me in the end anyway. But uh, hopefully uh, we can, uh, I can get my words out properly this time around. No, you'll be fine. So how did you get into diving? Well, let's start with the easy questions. Oh, gosh, the easy question. Um, so I was 12 and my folks um, decided to um, all go scuba diving. And I was like, you know, OK, right. Um, but I'm a bit scared of the sea and things like that. I mean, I love swimming and things like that. But um, yeah, so I kind of um, kind of went with it. Um, and my folks were very serious. And I was like, oh, don't really want to do this because I was young. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what happened was we got enrolled into a Naui, um, a Naui um, session. And I can't remember, I think we were like um, open water juniors or something like that. My brother and I, he's three. Was this in the UK? No, it was in South Africa. Okay. So, um, so anyway, so we did the training and then I passed at 13 years old and we were like given like the most junior certificate and the instructor said to my folks, do you realize that Chantal's actually the youngest female in South Africa to be awarded a Naui certification? Wow. And so that that was his words. Um, I tried to follow up and find out if it was really true. Um, but now we didn't go back that far. So <laughs> all of it was paperwork, not, you know, and then we we're going to go looking through the paperwork. So I'm just going to take it at its value. So, yeah. yeah, so I started diving there and then we moved from Cape Town in South Africa. And then I went to East London and um, I was I did my ambulance duties there and uh, did a little bit more diving. But, you know, I was always the one with regards to um, getting in the water. I don't know why they'd get me in first. Um, <laughs> maybe I was a little bit chunky and um, maybe sharks like little fatty meat, but no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but basically what happened was they'd get me in the water first. So I'd basically 
roll back off the rib and then um, I would like close my eyes get in the water and I'm like the first one in and I'd be having my eyes closed and then I'd open each eye very very slowly to see that there's nothing hard in the water (laughs) Um, but um, yeah I finally got got over it and you know my fears were done and we had some amazing diving in South Africa it was absolutely amazing so um yeah um but uh other than that um moved to the uk um and i hadn't dived for absolute years and then um i thought oh the red sea everybody said the red sea was good so i went back to the red sea and started um you know did a like a um a test dive and uh, i was like absolutely i was in my element i was thinking why on earth have i not been diving for such a long time and then I went back and in the UK, I did my um, advanced water, open water and um, with Patty. And yeah. then I did um, the um, my dive master. So I'm actually okay. um, a dive master, not a working one right now, but um, I still got it, you know, uh, got the qualification, which is great. Yeah. So you're a cold Excellent. water diver. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, that water in South Africa is very, very cold absolutely yeah. freezing um and uh, but you know we we managed we had five more wetsuits um no dry suits so oh, wow. we're brave we're brave yeah tough. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well basically south africans are tough right <laughs> so in the uk have you dived all over and in the inland sites and the coast yeah um dived in um most of the inland inland sites um and um but, you know, I have had the beautiful opportunity to be able to go to Cuba and dive there. Mm-hmm. And then um, my most favorite place of all is Bonaire. Bonaire is absolutely oh. amazing. And I was at, at, I was also able to be able to um, uh, use, bio, uh, you know, the, the lights with them um, getting the bioluminescence. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's like the reef just, oh, man. That is absolutely amazing. So this um, seeing the reef in a different light, I mean, literally, um, is uh, the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. So yeah. um, I can't wait to go back to Bonaire to be able to do that diving again. Yeah. So is yeah, when, is that when the little critters and all that light up in the light? Oh yeah, it's like yeah. it's like having underwater Christmas tree. Um, everything just just illuminates the whole reef illuminates and then like the um uh, what's it um little worms the fireworms they're so beautiful absolutely i spend so much time there i remember you know being there and uh, we're at 30 meters and um i kept on getting bumped by my my dive buddy and um what happened was um i like after a while i just like you know could you just stop bumping me <laughs> and um, I shine my torch and he wasn't there and then I shine my torch again and there was this big jackfish that kept on bumping into me because he didn't like the um the lights <laughs> so, so I was like oh wow okay <laughs> move on yeah and then um uh, the, my dive buddy's watch was going off beeping because he's below 30 uh, meters and he's like coming and he's bumping me going you better get up you better I'm like I'm at 30 you're not <laughs> but anyway it was it was a fantastic time and I just can't wait to go out there again and just the house reefs are just so beautiful I mean Bonnet mm-hmm. just diving there they got 91 sites that you can dive at wow, wow. So, yeah I mean if you haven't been you gotta go because um mm. and what's so great about it is that each dive um section um like um each like dive site um they have like a yellow rock outside 
So it tells you that what it is. I mean, like they got oil slick and they've got um, the big leap or whatever it is. And, you know, and the helm hooker, um, that's not a rude word, by the way. It's just the ship that went down. So yeah. or whatever it is. But um, yeah, no, awesome diving. Absolutely yeah. awesome diving. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So from obviously your career, did you, were you a paramedic or a medic before you kind of combined the diving in with that? Yeah, um, so, you know, working now in service and that, um, we, it's a bit confusing. It's just easier if I just say that I was a medic because we were paramedic partners and stuff like that. But the problem was, is that it's a very, very different skill set with regards mm. to the UK and um, America and um, obviously South Africa and that. So um, we were trained to the level of paramedic, but we just weren't given that license because only one person um, was allowed to become a paramedic every year so you know wow. if you yeah it, it, it's a bit ridiculous but we got trained um exactly the same as what they did yeah. we did what they did but not give certain drugs but um yeah I mean I um worked in the ambulance service for quite some time in the the early 90s or late 80s early 90s and um and then I moved over to the UK in 19. 1998 mm. and um, a few years of being here um, I fell in love with diving again and then I went do you know I don't understand why there's not a recreational diver medic course out there so I created one um, for okay. Dan so I put it all together and created it and kind of it uh, we, we started by using the International Marine Co Contractors Association so MCA and then after that um, I was teaching like the commercial diving for um, com well commercial di commercial diver medic courses uh, for MCA and set up quite a few schools around. Um, so you know one in uh, Norway, um, NYD, and um, one in Malta, but that didn't go ahead. Um, and then one in um, Netherlands, uh, which unfortunately, um, you know, didn't didn't end up being. Um, it was. It didn't really work out very well. Right. Um, it's a bit mm. of a clash with um, with the business partner. But anyway, that's another story. Um, yeah. uh, but ha however, I mean, I you know at the same time I actually created when I, I first started with Imca, I created this Dan DMT approach Dan and said, you know, would you be interested in actually taking on this DMT? And they were like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so basically that was my relationship with them. I think that was in 2010. Um, that's when we started our, our, our basic basic relationship and I was on the training com committee. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I just worked with them for quite some time and then um, they decided to take me on as the Dan um, area manager. Yeah. And um, so it, I think it was a bit of a shock to some people because there were people that were in those places, but um, it's a bit complicated. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, so I've been with them for about four years, being well, three, four years. Um, yeah. COVID has obviously given us a little bit of a headache because I, I can't remember dates <laughs> for a while. Um, but yeah, so um, we've, we've done quite a few changes with regards to Dan. 
Um, but Dan's an amazing organization. I mean, they truly are. They're run by Italians, but that's no bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they just talk a lot with their hands, uh, which <laughs> is quite entertaining. Um, but but beautiful people. They're absolutely beautiful people. And um, especially Laura Maroney, um, you know, and Alessandra Maroney, Dr. Maroney. Um, they're absolutely incredible people, so down to earth. And, you know, you um, can approach them with basically anything. And Dr. Maroney, he's brilliant because if you have any um, medical, diving medical hiccups or anything like that, he's just so spot on. And mm. he'll like, answer anybody's email. He's, he's really amazing. Yeah. So we've known each other for, you know, um, for over 10 years. So it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So what I, do, what I do is the Dan managers, I basically look, over, look after the whole of the UK and people can phone me, they've got my number and that, um, if they wanted to talk about insurance or uh, research um, or even um, training. So I'm the, uh, one of the RTCs, uh, Regional Training Coordinator um, for Dan as well. So we do um, quite amazing courses, um, not just the Diabetic, um, which I'm the only one who can actually teach it. But there is loads of others like first aid um, for divers. We have um, oxygen, advanced oxygen, neurological assessment, marine life injuries. Um, wow. and, um, yeah, so there's, there's quite a, a, a broad spectrum. Um, mm. And um, yeah, so that's, um, you know, the, the other things that we do with Dan is that we do some research. And just, just before we all got shut down, I was with uh, Mark Powell um, at um, NDAC. And uh, we did a research system with regards to um, cold water and gradients. Um, and uh, so basically what we did, we set up a, a research um, room and we took everybody's um, uh, blood glucose, um, their hematocrits, um, so their blood, um, the, you know, the levels of um, hydration, rehydration, uh, mm-hmm. dehydration, sorry. Um, and um, we did an echocardiogram and we did Doppler testing. Doppler, Doppler testing is checking for bubbles and the echocardiogram is also for checking for bubbles. Yeah. And that was really, really interesting. And we had some amazing people, um, you know, and some really, really good divers, um, technical divers who yeah. obviously went and um, did the, the uh, trial. So and was that a test before and then during and after? It was more, um, it, I, I was more, after the dive um, yeah. we've been checking that um, I think we did a few tests beforehand but um, you know it was more after each time so that they, they were given um, gradients um, to be able to work from and then they go dive and that's um, obviously too technical for me but um, they basically went and they dived deep to certain meters and then yeah. um, they come up and then we test them and then uh, we test them again after I think it was an hour um, wow. And they would see how their bubbles dissipated, um, which is really interesting because it um, it was quite quick that they could actually off gas. So um, some people took a little bit longer, but most people were, you know, pretty good. They mm. um, they off gas quite quickly. Um, yeah. So so what was you hoping to see? Um, to see how you know bubbles um, are. You know, I mean, you really need to get Mark Powell on this one because <laughs> he's more the technical guy. Um, but, you know, just see if there are bubbles left and how long they're left for. And is it a, you know, are our gradients um, safer and things like that? And, and also, you know, diving in cold water, because I think it was January, um, January 2019, or was it 2020? One of them. It was 2020. Mm-hmm. 
um, and um, yeah, so the water was incredibly cold, um, and but it was great. I mean, every time they came into the room, it was like steaming, you know, <laughs> because the heat from from uh, the dive and then like kind of um, trying to get warm. It's like it was really, it was very unusual, but loads of fun. But we plan to do some more, so that's um, pretty mm. awesome. Yeah. You know, whoever wants to do research with us, we're just so excited about to do it. So that's did long... you look into like um, the genetics as as well? So like the people, you know, where they fit, where they overweight, where they, uh, how old they were, and you know, and I, I guess oh. whether you know, did the water temperature make a difference to to that as well? Um, I think I mean, you know, we're so susceptible to so many different things. Um, yeah. you know. Um, there's um, been some really, really good research that's come out and um, it was done, um, I mean, Simon, Simon Mitchell, he's a phenomenal guy. Um, and I've heard him talk, yeah. He's yeah, cool. he, he is super cool. He's absolutely super cool. And so um, he's done some research on, you know, um, bubbles and formation of bubbles and and also the fact that, you know, are we actually linked to um, inflammatory markers with regards to retaining bubbles, or is it actually the bubbles that are creating these inflammatory markers that people are um, predisposed for actually having um, decompression sickness? Mm. So, but, you know, the, the research is just generally, you know, looking at I mean, we took, we didn't really take people's weights or anything like that. And um, we were just looking at them diving at those gradients. So everybody would have a different factor of how they retain their bubbles, how they off gas quickly. Mm. And we know that obviously the larger you are, you kind of off gas a lot. I mean, in, in a lot of women, yes, for an example, um, a lot of women who dive, they have a tendency to come out of the dive, particularly, you know, relatively um, deep dives. They come out the, um, I'd say even like 30 meters and below, they'll come out of the water and they'll actually end up having really bad boob pain, okay, breast pain. Um, so, um, and I apologize if I've offended anybody, but because of our, um, our breast containing loads of fat and tissue, and we're actually off gas um, in our fatty areas. So um, a lot of women end up having like breast pain after that. So um, I've had my fair share. I'm sure that there's a lot of others who have. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just, you know, it's how our body's makeup is. Mm, and, yeah. you know, I remember talking to a good friend of mine, um, which I, I can't mention his name because um, he might still be in denial. No, I'm joking. He might not. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so I... Um, it's a really really good um it's a a friend of mine who um lives in greece and he's a very um very amazing technical diver and he had actually um i was actually doing um we talk about podcasts but i was actually doing online um webinars throughout the whole of covid mm. i got to like um about a hundred that i did with um, everybody which was pretty exciting but the people were just so fantastic to be able to come onto the show and um, this gentleman, um, he was one of the people on the show. You'll have to go through all of them now to be able to see. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, he had actually um, rolled his ankle. And, um, you know, a few days later, he went diving and he actually got a bend. And mm. he, you know, he was so con concerned and he phoned me and he said, no, Chantal, I'm really concerned because, you know, I've been healthy and nothing's happened. And I said, do you know what? I remember you sitting on the couch and you said to me, 
that you rolled your ankle I said I bet you that was the the inflammatory marker that actually caused you to have decompression sickness um so I said but that's what I think okay um but some however you know anything else could have I said it off but you know you know so it's there's so much behind it that we're still learning about but yeah. um, you know we just have to you know dive conservatively and you know make sure that we're doing the right things as we've been told and you know we'll continue to be able to keep on diving we um a couple of episodes ago we spoke about um a article that dan europe i think it was the um by, by stephanie martina about okay. the immersion pulmonary edemas. Oh, yeah. And this, like, because this, you know, when we talk about science and diving and yeah. that, this is one of these um, things that's recently only now come about and is only recently known. And it's fascinating, but scary as well, if you can have all that in one thing, where it doesn't affect just divers, it affects anyone in anyone. the water, di- oh, uh, yeah. swimmers, well, uh, snorkelers, anyone. There is a there are predisposing factors as well, um, and one of them, the biggest one, and because I don't know, I mean, there is so much about it out there. Um, I'm not an expert on it. Um, you know, Peter Vilmust and and a few others are you know experts. They've been doing for absolute ages. But there's one factor that we've always come across, and that is is that people with high blood pressure, so hypertension. Um, this is the precursor for actually ending up having, um, you know, immersion pulmonary edema. Right. Um, so that is probably one of the biggest factors that most of them who've actually ended up diving um, have, or even swimming, um, they've actually found that that has been one of the main causes. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, but, you know, do you know what's really weird is that they actually, <laughs> in order to treat it, they actually use... Um, like a Viagra to be able to treat it. Um, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really, really crazy. Um, I can't remember what the name is, right? Well, they now. use that, don't they, when people go up to like Everest and that to help? I believe so. I believe so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that can be another subject altogether. But um, <laughs> but it's pretty pretty interesting that you know there's so many different things that we can um, that we're learning about, and particularly yeah. you know IPE. It's it's just a, a scary thing. And a lot of people, a lot of swimmers that I've come across say, oh, no, I don't want to, you know, and I said, well, you know, what's your blood pressure like? And they're like, oh, no, it's normal, it's normal. I just say, well, you're probably not going to have this happen to you. But then, you know, I'm not an expert on it. So, you know, I'm sure that, um, there, I mean, there's been loads of papers that have been written, but yeah. there are specialists who. But the main thing is, is that we keep, you know, fit and well, isn't it, um, for yeah. diving, isn't it? You know, we often yeah. talk about diving diver fitness and mm. um you know and that's one of the biggest things and you see it you know the water side you see somebody come out of the water and their face is absolute scarlet and and you know it's usually a guy and you think you, know, you offer help and they're like no and uh yeah and it's like okay yeah just don't put so much weight on or something like yeah. that you know have one I mean, tank and two so, I mean, if you can imagine somebody who is, um, you know, got high blood pressure, okay, the minute you walk into the water, you're already pushing about 750 mils to your heart, mm, okay, wow. so all that blood has been pushed to your heart. Now, if you have hypertension, that's not going to lead to all sorts of problems, okay, particularly um, if, you, if you're not healthy. Um, people, you know, there's so many factors that people will turn around and say, okay, right, so, oh, smoker, oh, you know, very large, oh, but, you know, it, it really, 
boils down to a lot of things will really boil down to um you know your your blood pressure itself and yeah. so you know if you fit and healthy and all that you're probably not going to have as many problems as because you've actually put your heart under a tremendous amount of strain mm. that you end up you know getting uh, really sick so yeah. um you know there have been loads of people who've who have ended up having this um but yeah, I mean, you can die from it. It's it's pretty pretty scary. I mean, yeah. you can drown, yeah. definitely. Yeah, we're just getting the um, awareness out there because <laughs> I think we were speaking to a dive instructor the other day, and you know, it was an unknown really until quite recently. So people need yeah. to be aware of it and recognize it. You know, as rather than being having a bend, you know, maybe they've. they've it's good this. that Dan's out there uh, pushing the science and. Yeah. Um, absolutely the articles yeah sorry the articles are pretty amazing you know and they're all vetted by doctors anyway um but you know what's great about dan as well is that if you you can actually phone them if you have a like a complaint or something like that or you know um you want to talk to a doctor or something like that you can phone them they'll actually Mm. take your call it's not like oh are you such and such a you know um a diver with such and such a um insurance no sorry we can't talk to you they're not like that they were said here you know 1983 or 85 i'm gonna get killed from this but anyway um they've been going for quite some time 35 years something like that it's probably 36 now maybe even 37 um and you know they set up dan you know i basically started in the states and then and what people don't actually realize is that we have different Dan's. We have a, a huge organization, which is International Dan. Yeah, and then yeah. we have like Dan USA, um, mm-hmm. who then bought Asia Pacific. So that's called Dan World, a bit naughty of them, but anyway. And then we have um, Dan Japan. I bet you didn't know there was Dan Japan. No. It rings really that nice. Rhymes, <laughs> rings well. <laughs> Dan Japan um, and then we have uh, Dan Southern Africa um, amazing bunch of people and then obviously Dan Europe um, yeah. there are different you know Dan's around and and even though they're all doing the same thing um, they may not have the same products or anything like that because of the different countries mm. so they're not all part of the same organization then I there is like I said a Dan International and um, where all the top guys go, you know, all the directors and that get together and they try and be as, you know, um, right. uh, how can I say, um, that they talk to one another and they try and see if they can actually um, do things together. And they, and they do, but it's all run by individual people. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. You have like a president, like Dr. Maroney is the president of um, Dan Europe. And then um, Mono Cristo is the president of Dan Southern Africa. Um, and um, and then obviously um, Bill Zifel is the president of Dan USA. Um, so um, yeah, so you know, just we spoke to his wife. Uh, she was on um, oh, about a year or so ago, weren't she? Mm-hmm. Zifel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, she's lovely. She's lovely. She's uh, also in the Women Divers Hall of Fame. Yeah. Ex yes. Yeah. You know, she's diver. I don't know if she's still diving now. Is she? I don't know. No, I can't remember. I don't know. No. No, so talking of women diver hall of fame so you're an inductee as well yes i am um so i was inducted in 2016 um i was you basically well this is pretty good okay because um 
you know, anybody can actually get it inducted if they have all the qualifications, not, not necessary qualifications, but they fit the bills. So in other words, they've done something significant in the industry. Yeah. Um, and also maybe they've done a first, um, like say for instance, a lot of people who've done world records and that, um, but they have good standing um, in their, you know, personality and their lifestyle and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what, so I'm basically on the um, international committee, research committee. And what really happens there is that we try to find, I'm, I'm more the European and, you know, other areas that basically I go, hey, you know, we need somebody from not America. We need somebody <laughs> who's out of America. The rest <laughs> of the world. Canada, or yeah, that's in the rest of the world who, are, you know, are, are really um, brilliant people who have done so much for the community. And it's not all about themselves because that's a big thing is that people think, oh no, but I've done this and I've done that. Mm. And I've done but it's not about that. It's about what you've actually given to the community, what you've given um, to diving. You know, what you, have you set up a network? Have you, you know, done great things and have you been recognized? for those and that's what it really is all about I mean we've got um, Sabine um, yeah. who's um, fantastic um, you know um, how can I say ambassador um, for um, you know the Women Dives Hall of Fame and you got uh, Ellen Kerlertz um, who is a phenomenal underwater photographer yeah. and um, yeah. you know she's done some amazing things with the UN and things like that and there's a lot of other women like we know you know, it's it's like Christina Zanato, she's in it, isn't she? Yeah, Christina Zanato, she's absolutely awesome, very good friend yeah. of mine. Um, when I was uh, doing my um magazines, she was actually on one of the magazines. Well, she actually was in a couple of my magazines that I ended up doing. It was called a Diavermedic and Subaquatic Medicine, um, which um I did for a few years and then it just got too expensive for me to be able to just fund for myself and I'm not very good at uh, sponsors and um, advertising that's not my my big forte but um yeah no she's she's amazing and I've dived with her as well and she's she's pretty awesome yeah wow I've done a shark dive with her and it's been amazing but yeah so there's there's a tremendous amount of women um that are in I mean I think we've got 200 and 20 or so women mm. in Women Divers Hall of Fame um, but it's not you know it's not a, a it, we really need more more women we need more women who are in you know um, other countries other than the USA and yes. you know if you if you guys know of anybody or anybody listening you know if you go to uh, Woodoff which is um, W <laughs> Woodoff is Women Divers Hall of Fame in, in, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me my brain's a little bit fried um so um wdhof.org um, um you can you know have a look at how you can sponsor somebody or you can nominate somebody yeah um, that would be, be absolutely amazing and you don't have to be a part of the woman divers hall of fame to be able to nominate somebody um, but it will help if you know somebody in the woman divers hall of fame who can actually write a supporting letter mm. um, so yeah, there's quite a few people that I, I would think would be absolutely amazing um, in the Women Divers Hall of Fame. So yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's really good. It's, you know, another part of the community, isn't it? It's oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I do get a lot of guys saying, well, why is there not a men's Hall of Fame? Um, so it's a yeah I just like shake my head and go well you know you've been recognized I mean women are now getting into the field they're doing a lot more men's mm -hmm. things as well so um but there's no like no sexism it's you know it's just 
we just better than the men. No, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Um, it is very much a male. I mean, some people say it is. Some people say it is. But it it Hold appears on. to me that it's very male dominated. Now, now we were at Stony last week. Yeah. And Gemma thought she was going to be the only lady <laughs> in the in the pool in the pond in the yeah. lake, mm-hmm. and. Were you were were you accompanied by other ladies? Yes, eventually, but you stand there. Yeah, and eventually, think, there was loads. Where were the girls? Like, you know, there was quite a few. There yeah, were. I mean, there was um, these two. <laughs> these two, <laughs> and there was one of them diving. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look, let's bring more women into diving, right? And yes. and that you know maybe maybe it's more. I mean, like, as I said, I don't like to be sexist or anything like that. I mean, we all equal. If you can dive, that's great. You know, whether you're male, female, it's fantastic. Um, obviously, you know, when I go diving, I always get the men to carry the stuff into the... No, I'm joking. I don't do that. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I wouldn't do that. And do you know what? There's so many sexist comments I could have made. (laughs) I'm afraid. I won't say anything about, you know, bring the cups of tea over or anything like that. No, no. no. I'm I'm teasing. I'm really, you're never going to ask me back again. Um, <laughs> Chantal. Um, but, you know, um, you know, there is a lot of youngsters now who are wanting to dive. And we really mm-hmm. need to get more youngsters into the diving, um, you know, environments and show them, you it's know. It's a good point, actually, because do you have any youngsters actually in it? No, <laughs> only old people. So you're getting ages <laughs> now, not sexist. But that's true. Maybe, maybe. I'm going to get into trouble, seriously. May, maybe <laughs> your next one that. has got to be a youngster who is doing, I can, you know, uh, I can think of something, but I think I'd be unfair to name her, um, who would be a really good candidate, uh, who's doing lots of things in the diving world. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you her name off, off air. Okay. Um, nice. But... I, I think she'd be a really good role model for you. And um, it would kind of bring, because you do look at the Women Divers Hall of Fame and think, you know, that the age group is more mature than... Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, because, you know, these women have done it for years and years and years. Mm. But, I mean, you know, what would be great is, like, a junior Women Divers Hall of Fame or something like that. Um, well, I don't, but, don't know, because I think sometimes it's like... Um, uh, you know, if you if you don't include the young people, sometimes that can be just looked at this mantelpiece that you can't obtain to, um, or unless you get to a certain age when the age shouldn't really be important. It should be about the, what they're actually doing. Yeah, I I think that you know, I mean, like you do have a bit of a point there, and there are um, a very mature um, mature people. I think that I was one of the youngest um, when I got in. Um, and um, we do have, I mean, I think the youngest at that point was 28. Yeah. Um, and that was Cody Anster. Um, she was actually in my year as well, but I think maybe they also got younger people as well. But mm-hmm. I think that because, you know, these women um, have actually gone and, you know, proved themselves through years and years and years. Um, and, you know, like youngsters, they still have a long way to go. Yeah. And I think it's about a m- maturity taking on, um, 
you know, like being in the Women Divers Hall of Fame is a, a very prestigious thing. I mean, their selection process is really, really hard. I mean, they'll actually have a, you know, a, a group of, I think it's six people and um, you're not allowed to say anything or anything like that. And then you basically look at all their CVs and information and they tie up everything. And it's, it's like a secret, a huge secret. And you don't get to know until like way afterwards. Yeah. But um, a selection process is incredibly hard. I well, mean, I guess, I guess that's people... where, you, you know, where, where you want the, the Women Divers Hall of Fame to be because it kind yeah. of brings that um difference between somebody yeah. who's doing good stuff to then the people who are doing like really exceptional, exceptional stuff yeah. um you know, I mean changing I, science and all sorts yeah um and I mean these are like professors these are people who are actually you know in yeah. the navy and they've got um their commanders in the navy and things like that so I think that you know um being you know how can I say now it's like an ongoing thing I mean like as I said we're all mature I mean like I'm 50 at the present moment so you know I've I've already hit that you know target (laughs) not really (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding and so um but yeah so I think that with kids I think there should be something that well or teenagers and that youngsters I think that there should be something for them yeah actually be male and female it should really necessarily be female and then as they mature into what they're doing and they continue to do it I mean that just proves that you know they're worthy of being in the Women Divers Hall of Fame yeah there's no no, um you know I mean it's just you know each year they have six different women who are actually you know um uh, kind of looking through people's CVs and getting history from them and all that so you know it's it's the most fairest thing but we have also had um some people who should really not be in the woman dives hall of fame controversy yeah no yeah um we've had um some people who've um been a little bit corrupt um but um <laughs> you know so but however you know these things happen and um you know i guess that the woman's divers hall of fame had never ended up having um you know, the bylaws set by saying what happens if somebody really does something wrong and mm. you know, do you get rid of them or not? So, and that's a whole, um, an, another thing that they're obviously having to deal with if some people, you know. Are you talking about out of the diving world or it while they're diving? Oh, that would be telling, wouldn't it? Okay. Right. <laughs> no, um, they were, um, they were in the diver, you know, and they, they were actually. Um, so something they'd done while diving rather than something they didn't out time no they no that they basically um did some nasty stuff by um i think it was falsifying people's names to get government grants so um you see it comes down to do you want someone like that representing the women divers hall of fame isn't it Mm -hmm. well the thing is is that in 20 um well 2000 year 2000 they actually got all these women that they believed were the best in you know in in society and to be able to be put into the women divers hall of fame so they i think that their um adjudication wasn't you know at at, you know so advanced and then they thought okay hang on we've just put so many people in i can't even remember how many there were loads there were were quite a lot in 2000 i remember yeah Yeah. absolutely and we have some phenomenal people that are there and uh, even my sponsor um um which is uh, andrew 
um, Zephyrus. I was trying to think of her name. <laughs> she's a very good <laughs> friend of mine. Zephyrus, um, Andrea Zephyrus. I mean, she's a phenomenal woman and um, she introduced me into the Women Divers Hall of Fame. And then she was my sponsor because I didn't get in the first time, I got in the second time. And, um, you know, she was one of the first to be able to get in. But the thing was, is that there was nobody adjudicating them mm. and, and like following up. And then it became more stricter and stricter because they realized that you can't just take anybody and put them into the Women Dials Hall of Fame. There has to be some kind of a history there. Um, so um, the one person I think was one of those, I think maybe 60 people who got um, into the Women Dials Hall of Fame and then mm. obviously... So people, money can be, people can become greedy when there's money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's when things go wrong, isn't it? It's a, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, oh, well, that's interesting for people then to, yeah, have a look at the Women's Diver Hall of Fame and uh, see, take, look at it for kind of inspiration about the women that are already. I remember it. when I flicked through it and you, you look at some of the people on there and you think, wow, you know, the stuff that they've done, yeah. pretty pretty amazing some, some of the yeah. stuff scientists and doctors and yeah. even though some of them that's their job but i mean they've actually gone into like phenomenal scientific work and you know proving yeah. things and you know i mean we've even got some astronauts um I yeah. Yeah. in there um but you know fantastic people like um you know christina zamato and jill hayneth and yeah and um, obviously my friends Erling there's a lot of them past big scuba uh, podcast guests as well yeah well, hey that's where you've been getting them from right <laughs> no no they, they they come and see us and we, we chat to them you know like yourself well, I mean, that's so cool that's so cool you know um but you know but there are other organizations that obviously um support like um i think there's um the, um there's some other organizations like um scuba hall of fame or something like that um yeah. but, you know that goes for men and women and then you know so um but i mean that that's great that you know this is something you know that um is there and to recognize people for what they've done yeah exactly and it brings it, it all becomes a whole doesn't it with all these different like shoot offs of yeah. yeah halls of fames or little communities then but yeah. they've all got kind of a common common theme to them and a common you know interesting subject yeah, yeah it's a good I, place that we can celebrate um some of the stuff that they do so absolutely brilliant. absolutely yeah. yeah no that's really good so in looking at kind of all the people that you know if you could take three people diving to see the underwater world they don't have to be divers who would you take and why Oh gosh, um, that's a hard one because um, most <laughs> most of the people um, I know they're already divers. But um, I think I want to take my mother-in-law, okay, who hates water and doesn't swim very. <laughs> you know, you got to bring well. her back. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Can't just take uh, her under and then leave. Actually, her. <laughs> I, <laughs> actually, what I did was um, I've got this um, ocular the the um, VR. Um, What's it called? Oculus? Is it Oculus? Oh, the um, virtual. Yeah. 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 And then I put that on her head and um, she kind of went diving um, underwater and she was like looking everywhere um, wow. and almost falling over. So she had a little bit of a tweak of that. Um, I, I guess, I know, I don't know. I mean, because my, my family are divers. Um, um, I mean, there's some people I would 
take down but maybe never bring up again no I'm joking it wouldn't do <laughs> well we've had that before from someone else <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nobody's going to want to go diving with me now <laughs> I guess that you know I think that I've like introduced um diving to um a lot of youngsters and I think that you know if I if I had to take it would probably be somebody who's you know um not extreme but some um, somebody who actually you know I think about a friend um of mine and her son is autistic I think I would love to take him mm. um you know diving um because that would be so amazing I think that that would actually work for him but um so the third person, I, yeah, I'm going to have to give a skip on that one because I can't think of anybody. Like that. <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. So um, what gets you out of your comfort zone when you're diving, you know? Um, what gets me out of my comfort zone? Um, that's a good question. I think that big fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I'm still scared of the water. I'm still scared of the sea, you know. Um, it is a big, wide world out there. And, you know, we're just visitors, yeah. you know, and we've got to respect the sea because it can do pretty nasty things. Um, but however, you know, we've got to, we seriously really need to respect the sea. It's, it's um, so, so important. And what's in the sea. Mm -hmm. We've got so many amazing things. Um, that we're able to be able to see and it, it's just a pity that there's only a few of us who are divers who get to see that yeah um, unless you go to aquarium which is um obviously yeah a little bit yeah. of a, a visionary thing i don't think it's a bad thing to be uh, a little bit scared um because i think that way you don't take it for granted and that's when mistakes and uh people do things that they shouldn't be doing if they yeah. take yeah diving I... in the sea for for granted or animals if they take animals for for granted especially things like sharks and what have you that's when things can go wrong yeah absolutely i mean i spoke to jill hayneth once and i said look i'd love to you know do cave diving um but it just stops there because i'd be deadly scared of going into a cave and not being able to get out but i mean i went to um a cave um in uh, south africa in Oatsun um it's called the kango caves and i got stuck in there so i know what it's all about <laughs> getting stuck so um that's my fear for life um yeah being the podgy me i was um i got stuck in it um but thank goodness i got myself out and i didn't have to call fire rescue and all that to go. you are to live and <laughs> prove of it too yeah. yeah so i know that um you know uh andy torbert um has been talking about doing some research at wookie hole uh, with a few divers so we're going to be doing that and i said oh well as long God. as i don't have to go into i got stuck at wiki hole so I'll, I'll, you guys can go in and i'll just like sit here and just watch and wait <laughs> <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can walk to such and such a um you know chamber and i went i think i'll just stay here so yeah but that should be happening um sometime hopefully this year so that'll be cool. fun Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So our final question is, if you had a billboard that the whole world could see, what would you put on your billboard? So it could be a phrase, a caption, it could be a picture, it could be a video, but just something that you think the, the world needs to see or hear. Um, okay, well, can I have two, two billboards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not sure the rules allow to <laughs> breaking the rules already yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry um so you know um i think it would be something like you know having a beautiful picture of our under 
war to the world um, and just saying that's not hurt these um, beautiful creatures and that's not damaged the what we have um, still to see so you know I think that that's a, such an important thing particularly uh, sustainability and stuff like that um, yeah. which is so important and uh, my second billboard <laughs> go on then Give myself a little we'll, bit of We will allow it on this occasion. <laughs> Yay, thanks. Ancient time will never come back again. Um, <laughs> so uh, basically I would say, hey, take my diver medical technician course because it's going to prepare you for any injuries or, you know, um, you know, diving accidents or injuries. And yeah, that would probably be my little um, poke in there. But um, I on think a serious, it's on a, a serious note, is that mm -hmm. open for anyone? anyone? Yeah, absolutely. What, what level? Of diver um, should you be, or is that well, just anyone? Rescue would be helpful. So yeah. if you're a rescue diver, you've done like a bit of first aid or CPR on that. But we teach you everything. There is an online section, so people can go onto the online section, um, and it's all run by the divermedic.com. And um, yeah, so it's a, a brilliant course, if I may say that myself, because there's been so many people who've got something out of it. I have um, some friends in Dahab. Um, who have done the course like a few times now. we were just you know just recently finished their uh, refresher course and they have been the most active there they've done mm -hmm. so many different things they saved so many different people's lives um, and they're right there doing the best thing ever so my Dahabian friends um, are fantastic they they have really made me very very proud of what they've done um, because they've taken the training um, and so basically they're running, you know, like almost like clinics. If there's something that happens, they'll, you know, get people to come to them. And, you know, they've, they've done quite a few, um, you know, resuscitations and stuff like that. Because there's a lot of people who don't know how to swim and they go, uh, you know, swimming in the sea and then, you know, get into trouble. Mm. And um, yeah, so, you know, just doing that, I, I will do anything to be able to educate as many people as possible, you know, whether it's the diver medic course or the, diving emergency medical responder or now the free diving emergency medical responder yeah um, wow I would, do, yeah. I would do anything to be able to give them something that they can take away because there's so many accidents that do actually happen you know on board um and also in the water propeller injuries have been one of the worst yeah and particularly in malta that was a big thing and in Italy. Um, so, you know, we've got to know how to treat these, you know. Yeah. If you go on the expedition, I mean, the diver medic's the best course to be able to do for expedition because we you show, you know, we show you absolutely everything that you may need to um, do. And also there's in-water recompression as well. So um, we, I'm not actually demonstrating in underwater, <laughs> but I am talking about it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great course and, you know, available to anybody, but you should really have like CPR, you know, some first aid just to be able to give you that level yeah. and then take it from there. I mean, I think you guys should come on it. Yeah. Well, I've got my rescue course next yeah. weekend. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> How exciting is that? That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, when you're ready, let me know. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, so if people want to find out more about the courses, uh, where is the best place for them to Okay, so the, the website is thedivermedic.com um, and then that's all the um, different courses and all that and you know and also it's very very important um, if you're diving make sure you take out Dan insurance because Dan insurance will make sure that you're covered and whether you know your insurance runs out or something like that that will still help you you know mm -hmm. um, and please if I can just say that just follow their guidance don't make your own decisions on what to do 
if something happens, if you're out, you know, and something happens where somebody has decompression sickness or, or they get injured or something like that, don't take matters into your own hands. If you have Dan insurance, call um, the case yeah. line um, or call Dan and tell them what's happening and they will do everything for you to be able to make sure that you're safe. That's so um, reassuring, isn't it? it is, they yes. are. They're, they're fantastic. They're world-renowned for diving injuries and accidents and you know, decompression sickness and that. And they, they have their chambers that they use um, because there have been people, and I do apologize for saying this, but there, there have been people who are out there who've actually, you know, overcharged people mm-hmm. for, um, I mean, we, there was just a, a case in, in uh, Egypt where somebody went out um, to Dahab and they ended up, um, I think this was a couple of years ago, they ended up um, having a bend but their insurance company wouldn't pay for the for the treatment because they were in the amber um, area, you know. But Dan said, "We'll pay. We, you know, if anybody goes into an area, um, it's and it's diving, um, it's diving related. So we will treat the diving related, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, but and it's always it's always important to read, you know, frequently asked questions because you'll have everything that you need there on the website and that. Um, and I'm happy for anybody to contact me if they're in um, the UK or Ireland um, to be able to help with any questions. So I'll be happy. Yeah. With that. That's really good. And it's yeah, great it for the diving community to have that backing of Dan and the reassurance that they're specialists in absolutely. that field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you've got loads of doctors that are there waiting to be able to take your calls and things like that. So I guess pretty in, awesome. I guess in fairness, we probably should say there are other insurance companies out there but oh gosh yeah there are um you know i've when i was when i've been abroad diving i always use dan um it's always been recommended to me um from people who i know um who's gone abroad and um for lots of different reasons but you know for the you know you just know you're well covered if you've got dan insurance so uh, absolutely absolutely and i mean yes there are loads of different um, insurances out there and they work and if people want to use them i mean they're entitled to but you know i fully support dan um, insurance not only because i work for them but it's because i know that their quality of care and you know if you follow what they're going i mean we've had people who've done their own thing and then wondered why they haven't you know you know got their insurance paid um and mm-hmm. stuff like that why the hospital bills aren't paid is because they just don't they just do things by themselves yeah and you know when you have any insurance company they're going to make sure they're allocated you know hospitals and, and treatment chambers and all those places that you know will not you know kind of mess you over with the prices and things like that mm-hmm. and yeah. it's safe you know because they have to actually regulate them as well so they're not going to just send you to a place where you know, as a one-man band, and yeah. you know, he goes he he tries to run the chamber from outside, but you know, from inside, outside. Yeah, can't really yeah. do that, but you never know these things. Yeah, no, so, it's great, great advice. Nice. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, obviously, hopefully, our listeners will take yeah something from that and uh, maybe consider Dan Insurance and uh, look at your Bobby. courses. That will be absolutely amazing. Um, more for the Dan Insurance, um, just secondary to my courses would be great. Yeah. And just, you know, insurance is so, so important wherever you are. Even, um, you know, uh, people who are actually in the UK, um, they, um, Dan Insurance, they'll take their Dan Insurance because it covers, obviously, for instructors as well. And those people must remember that if you're a PADI instructor, um, you can actually get a PADI Dan um, discount. 
Um, okay. So you just ask Paddy and I'll be able to um, obviously give you the link where you can actually get instructors the or dive, the um, professionals, dive, dive masters as well. Dive, yeah, dive, yeah, any dive professionals, dive cool. masters that you can actually get a, a great, um, a, a great bonus. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, that? Don't phone me online speaking on the podcast. I do apologize. I can't mute my computer because it will actually go completely. I'm going to hear what you guys are doing. Um, but you know, just take just taking the opportunity. I want to thank you so much for inviting me onto um the podcast. And you know, I just hope that um, you know, people will, you know, listen and, and get some information and and uh, no, yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah, oh, no, great. we'll put the links um, the, of the subjects we've spoken about in the show notes so people can then click on and then, yeah, delve a bit yeah. deeper into the Dan insurance and, yeah, the courses. It's yeah, great. and the Women yeah. Divers Hall of Fame, you know. It's yes, just, yeah. Uh, you know, that oh, is definitely, yeah, people should look at that. It's so yeah. important for those who are, um, you know, haven't been quite recognised yet um, and they do such wonderful things. We need more women, you yeah. know. Um, and we need the partners behind them. So that's quite important as well, because, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really important. But once again, thank you so, so very much. It's been an absolute ball of <laughs> No, thanks for coming on. I'm it's sorry awesome. if I, I said the wrong things. Or anything. No, that's no, fine. No, no, it's all good. And it wasn't that nerve-wracking, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I think I spoke too much as well, so. No, no. Well, that's, that's the whole point. But- why you're on <laughs> exactly people don't want to hear us natter on they, oh. they want to hear our guests very best with everybody else that you're going to get on um so you know and this podcast is pretty awesome so yeah. well done guys. well we'll i'll drop you an email it probably won't come out for maybe four weeks possibly okay. so, but we'll drop you an email prior yeah. to it coming out and i'll probably drop you an email just to get um the links you want us to use in okay, the awesome. show notes and but no that's you've been a great guest i've got a question oh, for you, you. Yes. um something i was thinking of uh while we were talking about insurance and everything do you would you be able to offer our listeners a discount that we maybe have for to... a lot of limited period that we put out when we put this episode out that we can um you know give our big scubas uh you know, a, a discount for other listeners for say, and leave it open for about a month or so. Yeah, get I mean, like, on. are your listeners um, internationally or is it yeah. more? Yeah. It is. A lot in a lot in the US, a lot in the UK, Canada, yeah. and Europe, some Europe, in Australia. Yeah. Okay, um, the only thing that I can have a chat to, um, obviously the powers that be, um, but yeah. um, it may only be for like Dan Europe because yeah. that's okay. who you yeah. represent. Yeah. Um, and um, do you know how many listeners you have? Well, uh, yeah. Well, we do. We have uh, several hundred on every on every episode. But it's a um, they're they're sort of like all around the world. So you know. But we could you know just say it's just for you know uh, down Europe. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter that it has you know it's um, channeled between one down to another. So yeah. But yeah, no. If you could find out, that would be great. Just an now, idea. I've just got a question. So if we're UK divers, so we're off to Lundy in a couple of weeks, should we be taking out some kind of insurance, even though we're staying in the UK? Okay, that's a, a good question. So um, look, the UK is going to take you on um, as, a, as a patient and you'll probably end up going to one of the chambers close by and um, mm. probably be maybe even a DDRC. So they under the nhs they'll treat you for yes, nothing yeah, yeah um but 
but some like say for instance you um had to do a rescue and you lost some of your equipment doing the rescue there's nobody who will insure you so um what well, if something happened and then you couldn't work because of it for say like six months i don't think any insurance would actually cover you for that okay. um but um you know they're they're i mean having a down insurance they would obviously cover for like as i said equipment um that you you've done a rescue and you've lost the equipment yeah. and they would definitely you know but it has to be proved as well yeah um and i guess also for death so you can actually take out a death um uh, insurance um but most of Gemma, all no, Gemma, no you can't take one out on me <laughs> I would say that. I'm coming back. He's <laughs> coming back as a shark. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the NHS would normally look after us and you'll get flown to the nearest um, hospital if need be. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Or otherwise driven to the nearest hospital. So you don't really need it. But in so it's general, really if you just leave the UK where you, you're not looked after by the NHS, then that's yeah. the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also because um, there's a lot of professionals who actually have, who are teaching students, they will take down insurance because it covers their students for mm -hmm. anything that happens. So, um, but if you go on to Dan and then look at the frequent asked questions, then that will probably give you. So should dive masters have it then? Because you're yeah. covered by your pub li li public liability insurance to, to yeah. instruct. Um, yeah, I mean, I I believe that any dive master um, should be having some sort of an insurance. Um, so I should have my own policy. You should really, yes. Mm, okay, just have because you're because you, as a dive master, even though if you're still you know training somebody, um, mm. and your instructor's not there or something like that, you're still seen as a dive professional. So um, if I got to the court, would that cover my legal fees? I believe so, yeah. But once like, again, I'm not an expert on the insurance, but mm -hmm. the best thing is to be able to go and look on the frequently asked questions, and then that should be there. Or if you have questions, send me an email, and then I'll ask them um, yeah. in the team. Because like that um, case, that this we, we won't publicise this district. Yeah, no, no, um, but like that case that was um, six years in the you know in uh, before it came out, and then. Um, that came out wasn't it recently where that guy died um and the dive master and the well particularly instructor um you know had to get you know slizzers and things like that so something similar happened but i'm involved in um it'd be good to know those legal fees and all that covered yeah um i believe i believe that there are um but i i would need to go and check because i've actually never really been asked that question mm -hmm. um but um you know if there are any other questions just send me send me polly uh, puts uh, you know has this policy for public liability insurance yeah. um which we you know we pass our medicals to get that as you know but yeah. um i don't know whether that would actually cover me per se if i had to make a claim if somebody says you know i was injured because of what you guys done you know in the war yeah but you, well if dan sounds very approachable so it's probably yeah. a good idea to drop, drop, drop an email yeah yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely um uh, yeah so i mean like, you're welcome to email me and then i can forward it on so that's not a problem yeah i will do actually i think yeah. i'll do that yeah yeah because, and then um, <coughs> it's italian so um i mean we had a case uh, recently about somebody inheriting money because somebody had passed away 
Um, and they were, you know, they, they contacted me, Dan contacted me and said, you know, we don't know about these forms that you're supposed to fill in. And, and then I was like, oh, it's a living will and so on and so forth, or um, obviously a will. Um, and, um, you know, and then they were trying to get other documents and that. So there, there are different laws in different countries. I mean, mm. do you know that in Italy, you can't use oxygen? Really? Well, no. in first aid? No. Ooh. You have to, you have to, Dan have actually got um, a special course for Italians to be able to take oxygen and to be able to use oxygen. And in, in Portugal, you can use a defib. I don't think you can still use defib. Wow. Not, not allowed to. So there's um, different things in different countries. So. so that means like a non-professional can't use a defib, but a doctor could use it on a oh, yeah. specialty. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So first aider they can't use a defib. In fact, even if I taught um, the DMT course, they wouldn't be allowed to use a defib. Mm. So It's a bit yeah. like here, because the RNLI carry oxygen and Entinox, I think, but Coast Guards, we don't carry any oxygen. And and that seems silly because we're both in... In the same yeah. game. Got incidents yeah. where you would need to give oxygen or you would need need to give Entinox, but... Um, I guess the Coast Guard, um, there could be a number, it could be a financial thing as well. Yeah, um, possibly. But, I mean, ultimately, anybody who gets chewed up by a boat and needs oxygen, um, somebody who's been bitten needs oxygen, somebody yeah. who, um, you know, has a pneumothorax or attention pneumothorax, they need oxygen. So shock people, people in shock, they need oh, oxygen. being hit by a propeller. Ooh. I know. There's been There's, so many people, though. There was so one people. locally here. It was just in the news. It's just been closed. But a lady got caught in a rope and then caught in the propeller and died. Mm. Yeah. It's not on a high boat. Damn, 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 damn. Yeah. I had an um, incident in um, at one of the lakes I was working at. I, I sometimes do medical cover for like um, water skiing and, you know, wakeboarding and stuff like that. And um, there was one time um, they actually closed the lake. Um, so Princess Club, she's about 10, 10 years ago, eight, eight, 10 years ago. Um, and there was a young girl who was on a banana boat and um, she, it was her birthday, and she had got knocked off the banana boat because they were, you know, um, towing it and that. And um, the driver didn't see her because um, he was supposed to have a spotter on the boat, and he drove over her, uh, over her her stomach and her um, abdomen and her pelvis area, um, and she died. She died mm. within like probably about twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. So you know, there are some horrific injuries that. Um, Yes. so easy to happen as well it's Absolutely. dangerous malta is the worst for um having boats you know flying backwards and forwards and not actually seeing the dive um you know flags and dive buoys and that so it's just crazy um so but yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. well it just shows the importance of insurance <laughs> it's just yes. yeah, on a more positive yeah. note yeah absolutely absolutely yeah <laughs> But hey, these accidents happen. So we need to know how to fix them as well. Exactly. Yeah. You know what to do, then you know we can stop the bleeding like ASAP. Yeah. So yeah, stop no. the bleed. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, once again, guys, thank you so much for having me on. No, podcast. thank you for your time. It's been great. It's been yeah, really interesting. Awesome. So yeah. So we'll be yeah. in touch. I'll we'll drop you an email over the weekend and then yeah, we'll catch up when the podcast is due out for release. So but yeah. thank you very much. Yeah, That's yeah it's been brilliant. Right, Great weekend, eh? And you. Yeah, you too. Okay. Lovely to see you again. Okay. Yeah, same here. Okay. Take care. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye. Now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba Podcast. But 
if you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way, you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.